The Gospel reading this evening is from John, the 12th chapter. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor are you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When a large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to put Lazarus to death as well because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We began last week with ashes, with the reminder that we are all going to return to the dust because of sin. And then we also heard a reading from John chapter 1, where John the Baptist points to Jesus and say, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This week we hear from John chapter 12, and we hear specifically about Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, anointing Jesus with extremely expensive ointment. And the reactions, the different reactions that this gets. But at the center, and it's important to make this clear, at the center is Jesus, who is going to be crucified. And I say that it's important to emphasize this because the world is quick to draw us away from that fact. This last Sunday, we heard about the devil tempting Jesus, trying to draw him away from the path that the Father had set for him. So also you know that the devil tempted not only the disciples, but he tempts us as well to draw us away from Jesus and from focusing on the task that the Father sent him to do. But to the reading, here we have a feast set, and the feast may be as a celebration because Lazarus was raised from the dead, which wouldn't exactly be a birthday celebration. I don't know what you would call it, but it is clearly something worthy of celebration. And you hear characters that you've heard of elsewhere. Martha, her usual, is helping with the serving. And Mary, for her part, gets out a pound of ointment and anoints Jesus with it, then wipes his feet off with her hair. Now that is quite a scene for a few different reasons. One of the reasons being this pound of ointment, and this ointment is obviously a fragrant ointment, it, it is perfume, but not just any perfume, and not just any expensive perfume. Even if you were thinking of something like expensive, like $500 or $1,000 or something like that, no, the estimate given is 300 denarii worth. Now a denarius 
was a day's wage for a laborer. So 300 denarii is basically a year's salary for a laborer. This is tens of thousands of dollars that she is anointing Jesus with. And when you hear that, I mean, you ask, well, how would she get such a thing? And it doesn't say. The answer could be either they were extremely wealthy or they had received it as a gift or an inheritance in some fashion. But think of that. Think about the rest of the company seeing her open this and knowing that it's worth, what, 30,000? 50,000? Who knows? Pouring it over Jesus. It's the kind of number that boggles minds. And since most of us, like the disciples, are typical middle or lower class people, to us it's almost, and maybe is, offensive to think about that. This is like one of those stories where you hear someone ordering a $25,000 bottle of wine, and you can't imagine that being true. You can't imagine any wine being worth that much. You can't imagine anyone paying for that. You can't imagine anyone being able to drink something that is worth that. Well, Mary has done exactly that. She has poured out tens of thousands of dollars of perfume on Jesus. And another part of this scene that is startling is that she lays down her, she lets down her hair, and then she wipes Jesus' feet with it. Now that is not done in crowds. That is not done in respectable company. That is a cultural and social no-no. And you could go around chasing details like this and arguing about whether or not that is right or proper and what should have been done. Notice, that is exactly what the disciples do in the reading. But see that Jesus calls them off and says, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Jesus did not see that as a waste. Jesus sees it as perfectly fitting. He is, after all, a king. He is the Son of God. He is about to be crucified and buried. And expensive gifts are fitting for kings, especially beloved kings who serve faithfully unto their death. And about all that other stuff, you always have the poor with you. And see what Jesus does here. That he places himself as a worthy recipient of a gift even that extravagant, much as Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus keep all of the gifts that were given them by the Magi at his birth. And just as the church has built cathedrals and beautiful churches for centuries, spending large amounts to do so, and yet seeing it as fitting for our Savior. And the world looks at that. The world looks at places like this with stained glass windows that cost tens of thousands of dollars and think that this is wrong somehow, that this somehow contradicts love for the poor. After all, if they're poor, don't they need money most? And that case could be made. Alms are talked about in the scriptures as is sharing with those who do not have. 
Now remember, we had a gospel reading a few months ago where John the Baptist sent some of his disciples, while he was in jail, sent some of his disciples to Jesus to ask him this question, are you the one or are we to look for another? Do you remember how Jesus answered them? He had gone around and done miracles in front of them and he says, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Did you catch that? When giving evidence of who he was, Jesus pairs up several different befores and afters. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the poor doesn't say they are paid. It says the poor have the good news preached to them. What the poor need more than anything is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is 100% true that you could turn around and say, of course, what the rich need more than anything else is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You would be absolutely correct. But the world would look at the rich, they will tell you they are doing just fine. Not so. Jesus preaches to rich and poor alike. Several different times he preaches about the dangers of wealth. Maybe it's another reason he is fine with Mary getting rid of some of it that evening. But Jesus and his approaching death are the focus of the reading. The gospel is a story about the act of one who was richer than anyone, giving it up to take on the form of a slave and coming in the likeness of men, humbling himself to death, even death on a cross, and that that was done to atone for our sins. That is what it is all about. That is the message for the poor and the rich. That is the message for men and women. That is the message for Russians and Ukrainians, or anyone else you want to name. Other problems we can debate about, we have debated about for centuries now. If we don't recognize that Jesus and his death are at the center of the meaning of everything, then all of those other conversations are going to go off track. Dealing with a fallen world while ignoring the fall and the solution provided in Christ, that will only end up going in circles. The poor we will always have with us but Christ goes to the cross. Amen.